0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Paranormal Prowler's podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. Those fine tunes that just blessed your ears is courtesy of Bobby Mackey, and I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. I want to dedicate this week's episode to the Birdcage Theater, a place that had, for several long years, been on my almighty paranormal bucket list. And one scorching hot summer day in 2016, I finally got to go. Before I go into detail about my experience and investigation there, I would love to talk a little bit about some of the history. It is such a unique location, the birdcage. While the lifespan was short-lived, I mean, it was only in operation for about eight years from 1881 and closing their doors in 1889, it did succeed in keeping its doors open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. While it remained open, it also was the location down the stairs and into the basement where the longest poker game was played. Some of the players included Adolphus Busch, the co-founder of Anheuser-Busch, Bat Masterson, politician George Hurst, and my boys Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. Now, not just anybody could join. No, no siree. Those interested had to actually pay $1,000 up front. Now, remember, this is back in 1881. $1,000 back then is $25,193 today. The game went on. Nonstop for eight years. I'm sure there were some unhappy wives there. <laughs> Just kidding. $10 million was exchanged. The birdcage took a 10% cut. The B.C. gained a notorious reputation for being one of the wickedest theaters between New Orleans and San Francisco. That's a hell of a lot of ground, right? Considered one of the toughest and meanest places in the wild west town tombstone, Several people have met their end here, as many deaths occurred on these very grounds. In fact, over 140 bullet holes remain in this building. Being there and seeing it with my own eyes, I tried to picture how it was back then in the Old West, where you went to start your day and ended up being buried at Boot Hill, where you could mine the day away and end it with a beverage and a soiled dove, a lady of the night at the old bird cage. Now, even though many who came through the BC doors didn't survive to exit, The building itself is a known survivor. A horrendous fire, actually more than one, hit the town in the early 1880s and burned everything to the ground. Everything but the Birdcage Theater, at least on Allen Street. Built with cement, not wood, like most of the other structures, she still stands tall and proud. And by golly, everything you see when you go inside is original. Which, in my book, is pretty badass and impressive. I just, I love that stuff. Many things to see here, such as the Mariah, which I will go into more detail about later. Boy, is she a beaut. Doc Holiday's dental chair is there too. And a stiletto used by Gold Dollar, who used it to cut the heart out of margarita. No, no, not a drink. A rival prostitute. Right on the casino floor in the (coughs) birdcage. Definitely a lively and deadly place. A place where the spirits now roam. One of my favorite things there is the large painting of the belly dancer Fatima. It too is a survivor as it has several amount of bullet holes in it. And at least one knife slash. Fatima was indeed a belly dancer, but yet... The term hadn't hit the states yet, so it was known more as hoochie-coochie or the shimmy-and-shake. So, on the 18th day of June, I found myself on Allen Street. I had just spent several hours at Boot Hill, visiting the graves of outlaws, lawmen, prostitutes, and so on. Oh, yes, and getting attachments. I have a list of places I want to check out. Birdcage is at the top. I see it, and as I make my way to my bucket list location, I see two women in older dresses inviting people in. I look in, and they welcome me in, telling me that I have made it literally just in time. I enter the old building, and I... I'm in awe. I'm here. A woman stands in the center... And starts telling us about some of the history here. And being the paranormal investigator that I am, I had my little recorder in my hand and I start to record. This was actually just so I could re-listen to what was said later on. Just like, you know, history and stuff. I really wasn't trying to capture anything at the time. But I did. And it was rather neat. As the woman spoke, there... Were times when my digital recorder would actually capture a disembodied whisper saying something. Then, seconds later, the guide, the woman, would say the same thing. It's as if the spirits there knew exactly what she was going to say, and it's no surprise. I'm sure they do several tours every day and say close to the same things. I'm about to share with you my time spent at the birdcage, which actually requires me to look back into time. (laughs) My notes. (laughs) Our guide says, We had 16 gunfights here. 26 people have died here. She then starts to talk about the bullet holes scattered among the building, and I get an EVP of a man whispering, Bullet hole. Bullet hole. Now, I must mention, I was the last to come in. I truly made it just in time. (laughs) No one was standing right next to me, and when Someone would cough, whisper, or say something. Just like at an investigation site, I would debunk it immediately and verbally, whispering into my recorder saying what it was. So, no mistake. So, after the whisper, it picks up a woman saying, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Very, very eerie. And then, not too long after this, another EVP from another woman das Bush. Immediately after this, the guide finishes whatever she was saying, ending her sentence with, "Bush Brewery. So hearing it, I was stoked. I listened several times and I just couldn't believe my ears. Again, friends, stoked. After a few moments of talking, she's about to end the mini historical tour. She says, this was a busy place back in the day. As she paused as my recorder catches an EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomena, it was hoppin'. It was hoppin'. Guess the words that she ended the sentence with? Yep, You guessed it. It was hoppin'. Incredible. I was flabbergasted. People disperse out onto Allen Street as she finishes up. Off to the next attraction, I suppose. I simply couldn't do that. I was at the birdcage. So suddenly, besides a couple people shopping around the gift shop, I find myself, besides the people who work there, alone. I pay the fee, a few bucks. I walk through the door, and suddenly I'm in a whole different world. I mean, this was not a planned investigation. It was during open hours, but for about 30 minutes or so, I had the birdcage to myself. So while here, the only tools I used was my digital recorder, and my Mel EMF meter. No motion sensors, no spirit boxes, no ovulus or other tools, nothing. Just my recorder, the EMF meter, and my mind. I look above where the small booths are where the women of the night would entertain their clients, again, picturing it, not really wanting to, (laughs) but it happens anyway. I explore the area knowing that other people could come at any time. I decide to turn my recorder back on and just start recording. I start a mini EVP session by asking several questions, simple questions like, is anybody here with me? As I ask this, footsteps are recorded going unheard by me, of course. And I want to mention that from time to time, I could hear things from where the historical tour took place. When I would hear these things, I would again, just kind of debunk it, say what it was, humans, not spirits. I would only hear these footsteps and disembodied voices several days later. These footsteps weren't distant, but sounded very close, as if they were approaching me. While in an area alone, and you suddenly just hear footsteps coming towards you what do you do natural instinct turn around well I did not I ask if there are any soil doves here with me and my recorder captures an unexplainable whoosh like sound <laughs> I walk to the Faro table that Doc Holliday played at admiring the originality of it as this occurs a man is caught on a recorder saying get out Get out? What? I ask again if there are any former ladies of the night present, and an EVP of a woman is recorded saying yes. A few moments go by when my recorder presents me with a man, breathing quite heavily. Maybe not so monstrously, but it was pretty like... Seconds later, it happens again, the breathing, and to me... Listening to it, it sounds as if it's like forced breathing, you know, like as if somebody's attached to a machine and it's helping them breathe. And remember, tuberculosis was huge back then, so maybe the spirit dealt with that and is possibly stuck. I guess, of course, who knows. Suddenly I feel as if I am not alone. You know the feeling, like eyes are on you, studying your every single move, like a cat stalking a mouse meow, 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 as I say to my cat when she's trying to meow and talk to me. (laughs) I felt that majorly here at this historical landmark, being watched, somebody watching my every single move. I find myself feeling kind of off from the unforgiving Arizona heat, and I mention how I am at the birdcage in Tucson. (laughs) Well, hello, my recorder catches an EVP of a man correcting me, saying, no, wrong, And again, these voices are like as if they're right there in front of me talking into the recorder. I quickly correct myself and continue on. I'm not in Tucson, silly. I'm in Tombstone. Mind you, it is Tucson, which is 89 miles from Tombstone, that I had been currently staying at the past week and a half with my grandma, who had just had surgery. It is kind of neat when you get corrected by spirits. It's like, um, no, like wrong place, you crazy broad. Hey, if it's going to happen, being corrected, getting put in your place, Mm -hmm. I'd rather it be from beyond the grave. And like a moth to a flame, I make my way towards the Mariah. And I would spend several moments there. And after trying to go to another area, my eyes would wander. I'd lose interest and would suddenly find myself in front of the Mariah once more. This happened several times. Like, you know, on Simpsons, Barney and his beer. It's like Barney and his beer. It's like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's where I was with the Mariah. I I just had to have it. I had to go. Had to be in its presence. The first time coming up to it, the beauty of it, truly breathtaking. Seeing it on TV was one thing. I mean, it was still, like, phenomenal looking. But standing in front of it, seeing each little detail on it, it was impressive. So impressive. Impressive. If you are not familiar with the Mariah, I recommend you go online and search for an image of the Birdcage Theater Mariah. Stunning to say the least. As is most of the things here, it too is original. Transferring almost every body from the mortuary to Boot Hill as it was owned by Watton's Harbell Tarbell Mortuary, a location I did an episode on several months ago. If you haven't heard it, please, I recommend you go back and listen to it as so much happened there. Tombstone, unsurprisingly, you guys, is a very active place. The Mariah is trimmed in 24-karat gold and sterling silver. And for those around in 1881 through 1917, it was a natural occurrence to see it around town. So a little about the Mariah, it was actually built by Cunningham Bros in Rochester, New York, a place where my mother was born. The 1881 model it was $8,000 and eight were made that year. She is the only one left of the original eight. And I ask, was anybody here taken away in this to be buried? And Excel is captured, followed by who I believe to be a child saying yes. <gasps> yes. When I ask for a name, a man's voice comes through whispering, bandit. Suddenly, I hear sounds. I turn around to find a woman in a period dress making her way towards me. No, it's not a spirit. (laughs) Her name is Darba, and if you've seen the TV show Ghost Adventures Birdcage Theater episodes, that name may sound familiar to you, as she was on both of those episodes. Darba has worked here at the BC for several, several years. When she joined me at the Mariah, she was warm, welcoming, and so friendly. I talked to Darba, sharing with her that I've always wanted to investigate this location. She talks about the spirits here and how they seem to really like birthdays. They enjoy it when it's somebody's birthday. So I suggest to her, hey, why not? It can be my birthday today. So Darba excitedly and very cheerfully says, hey, everyone, it's Tessa's birthday today. A voice is recorded mumbling, no, it's not. So, no, it's not. At this point, Darba and I, we're still the only people here. We start singing happy birthday. And as we finish, I start to laugh. Hearing the recording, a man is caught laughing too. It sounds as if he is right there with us laughing into the recorder. Darba tells me about the Mariah as she does this. A voice is yet again captured by my almighty and trusty digital recorder. He says, was in that hearse. Ford Museum estimates the value of the Mariah to be well over a million big ones. Give me my money. She says, I just cleaned it up pretty good, so it's looking pretty spiffy. The crosses are shiny now, 24 karat gold. I started polishing the silver, and as she continues to speak, a man, possibly the same one who said that he was in the hearse, is recorded saying, rub. I mean, is it possible that while she was cleaning and polishing the Mariah that this man, this resident spirit, was observing her? Saw her what he thought looked like rubbing the Mariah? So without knowing it, the short time Darba and I were hanging out, we've gathered several EVPs. What happens next is phenomenal. Off to the left of the Mariah, leaning against the wall, standing tall and proud is a viewing casket, which was used for funeral services for those who couldn't afford to buy a casket. Usually after the funeral services were over with the body, they would then place it into a plain pine box and be buried in that. Darba stares at the viewing casket, tilts her head, then looks at me and asks hmm, does that look tilted to you? Looking at it I reply that yes, it sure does. There's a rope separating the visitors from the casket and Mariah and what have you. Well Darba goes under the rope to adjust and straighten the casket. Now Darba is a smaller woman and this casket is well, hello, it's a casket. Large, awkward, very heavy. So as Darba is back there straightening the casket, my recorder is capturing unexplained static. Now, you can hear her and the noises she's creating in the background, of course, but this is just absolutely pure static. I ask, did any of the spirits here move this casket? An EVP of a man is recorded, speaking under his breath, saying... Yes, Darba warns me that this is the area that people will get attachments and residuals. Looking back, I can't help but think that it is Tombstone <laughs> that I got my attachment with red sample. I always linked Boot Hill, where he is buried, with the attachment, but could it possibly be at the Birdcage Theater? The distance between the cemetery and the theater is close. Maybe it is here in the area where many have gotten attachments that I got more than I asked for, a very unwanted and painful souvenir. She goes a little into detail about some of the resident spirits. Through our discussion, I found out that there is one spirit there that likes to try and communicate with the visitors, and that many have seen a lady in white around the property, and even further. Their late stage manager sticks around as well. Why not? You're there all the time. You know and love the people that you work with. It's like a big family as a lot of businesses are, you know, and in death, you had so much positive things happen there that why not stick around? Many have experienced child spirits here too. She describes their footsteps. The child's footstep is tiny. The males are heavy and booming. Then the woman... With, like, high heels. So it's very noticeable, like, who exactly is there. Sex-wise, anyway. As we are talking, my peripheral vision catches something off to the side. Don't know what it was. I just look around, and it's still just her and I. Before Darba and I part ways, she shares with me an experience she had at the birdcage. While filming an episode of Ghost Adventures, she fell down the stairs. They were doing an excerpt of something that had occurred in the building and was using her for the scene. She has been going up and down those stairs for almost a decade and just nothing has ever happened like this. So, so Zach asks her if someone had pushed her and she replied to him saying, no, but somebody caught me. If you catch this episode, you can see her kind of bouncing off the bottom of the stairs, and she is not the only one who has had experiences and encounters here. Many people have, including myself, from hearing things, gathering evidence, collecting several EVPs, and so on. Visitors like me and employees like Darba have experienced things such as seeing apparitions of prostitutes from the past and cowboys. People have claimed to have been touched by unseen hands. And at night, from time to time, laughing, fighting, and music can be heard. This location is truly paranormally active and has a ton of activity going on. As Darba is about to leave, a woman is recorded. It sounded like she was almost like weeping. And then a man whispers, go home. One of the unexplained things that occurs here is that the mortician's table that is hanging up above near the Mariah will move by itself from time to time. Darba and I stood there watching it intensely for a few minutes when it started moving on its own. Slowly and ever so slightly. I mean, if we weren't watching it, it would have easily been missed. But there are times, though, that the table sways. I mean, so much so that you can hear the loud click, click, click sounds as it moves. One eerie EVP that I got was a disembodied voice saying, Watch the body. Several days later, while at a friend's house in Sedona, I am talking about my time spent at Tombstone, and I look through the pictures, and one demands my attention. A closer look, if you will. There stands three things. To the left is a glass display case, the middle is the viewing casket, and the right is the Mariah. I look to the left and I notice in the display case a reflection of a rather large man. He looks to be wearing blue overalls and a blacksmith apron, a very, very tall, large man. Again, I'm still alone. The birdcage certainly did not disappoint. It's a place filled with history, antiques, stories, and so much more. I definitely recommend going there sometime, and I can't wait to go back myself. Tombstone has truly become one of my favorite places on Earth. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others. They're equally awesome. Haven't heard all of them? No need to cry, my friends. You can listen to all of them right now. You can find me on Deezer. Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Overcast, Spotify. Basically, wherever you go to listen to your other phenomenal podcasts, you'll find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. See you next week. Swore they would come back Now they hauled a nightclub In Wilder by the railroad track